Chapter 8 Scott always took long showers. He loved the heat. The shower head at this shit-ass motel was surprisingly nice, and for that reason, he lingered even longer, playing with its massager presets and even shampooing his thin hair with some kind of floral two-in-one conditioner provided free of charge in tiny plastic bottles. He'd arranged them along the shower shelf beside an assortment of airport bottles, bourbon, gin, rum, and scotch. Scott detested vodka. Vodka was for alcoholics. The mini bar at the Metro Motel was a pleasant bonus, too. Scott had taken all the little bottles into the bathroom with him to drink them in the shower, where he was most relaxed and could enjoy their burn. The rum was quite nice. Now, seven bottles down, he towel-dried himself, brushed his teeth, cut his nails, and put on his bed shorts. He was laying on the bed with the last bottles from the bar resting on his bare chest. He was half asleep with his eyes open staring at his warped reflection in the domed black glass of the television screen. He hadn't turned it on yet. The remote was across the room, and he was comfortable how he was. The whole motel room was reflected in the little screen, twirling out then upside down at the corners. In the center was the soft glow of the lamp by his side. Beside the lamp was a phone, and beside that was the small book wrapped in a plastic bag. The bag was bright enough to make out in the reflection. When Scott noticed it, he turned and sat his bottle next to it and touched the bag with a finger. It was cold. Everything in the room had been just the way he'd left it before taking off his clothes to shit and shower. When he'd come back out of the bathroom, his coat was still thrown over the cage and nothing had been moved. He'd wanted to lift up his jacket and take another look at her, but he was drunk and had resisted the urge, choosing instead to flop onto the bed to think things over. She'd apparently gone to sleep. She hadn't made a sound. So Scott decided to let her rest and went for the last of the rum beside him. And it wasn't until that moment that he realized something in the room had been moved. The book. He thought he'd left it in the car. He didn't remember pocketing it as he'd wrestled the cage up the motel stairs. And he currently didn't remember setting it neatly right next to his bed. But it was there. He snorted, dismissing his confusion, and looked around dumbly with one drooping eye and a crooked smile. He was drunk. That must have been why he didn't remember bringing in the book. Obviously, he brought it in and put it here. He'd just forgotten doing it in all the excitement. Of course he wouldn't have left it in the car. That would have been stupid. This was a dangerous motel, likely filled with thieves and whores. Nothing in a locked car would be safe. He thought about his bag in the trunk and then looked over at the chair by the door, realizing it was in the room, too. He laughed. Oh, yeah, he thought. The second trip to the car. He'd forgotten all about that. He laughed again, proud of himself for not leaving his things outside. He reached for the rum, but stopped, wetting his lips. 
He moved the booze aside and picked up the small book. It made crinkling sounds as he turned it in his hands. It was wrapped and tied in a bag from a gas station by the looks of it. The bag had a drawing of a smiling man in a hat and coveralls with a broom thrown over his shoulder printed on it. Oddly, he looked an awful lot like the man who'd given him the book, though the image's features were more cartoon and rounded. His blue coveralls had a red patched name tag. Scott squinted at the little man. The patch said, Charlie. Funny, Scott said aloud to himself. Rather than tearing it open, he untied the loose knot the man had made with its handles, careful not to rip it. Something about the bag was strange. He liked it. He unfurled the top and pulled out a small leather-bound book. It seemed like one of those expensive journals from a bookstore. Its covers were glossed, but there was no title no writing of any kind on the outside. The edges of the pages were satin red, like a Bible. Scott laid the book on the bed beside him and inspected the bag further. The blue and red logo of the man with the broom was only printed on one side. Other than that, the bag was white, wrinkled, and very small, perhaps made just for cigarettes and candy the kind of items purchased at a gas station. Along the top, fast stop, ran in an arc of silly blue letters. Scott had never heard of the place. There'd been no signs along the highway for such a business. It seemed odd that an independently owned gas station would print their own bags. That form of advertisement was unheard of lately. He shook his head. He realized the notion of the place being a gas station was all his own. There was no image of a pump and no single thing other than the coveralls that suggested Fast Stop was even a convenience store, let alone a gas station. Now the bag bothered him. He nodded his head and set it aside, deciding to ask around about the place in the morning. Judging from the man who'd given it to him, it would not be far. He touched the book, then picked it up, holding it under the light. He opened it to the center, then flipped backward through the pages. They were all blank. He turned it in his hands, realizing that without any words it was impossible to distinguish the front from the back, the beginning from the end. He felt confused. Perhaps it was just random junk, a blank journal the man had coincidentally found at the same time as the girl, a blank journal that had been thrown up in a tree for some reason. Scott's head started to ache. He picked up the small bottle of rum and drank it down. As he swallowed, the pages of the book began to turn in his lap. They rolled and fluttered until it seemed the book would close itself. But then, on the last page, words began to form. They were being written in black ink, as if by an invisible hand. 
Scott dropped the bottle of rum and lifted the book to his eyes, reading along as the words continued to form. Then he tipped the book back and glanced down the length of the bed. The cage seemed unmoved, and his jacket was still hanging over it just like he'd left it. But something shined in the corner of his eye. On the other side of the television, near the door, the wrench laid in the carpet along with a trail of bolts. Scott looked up at the door, seeing now for the first time that it had been unlocked. The chain slide was even pulled back. Someone had been here and left. Scott threw the book on the floor and dove off the bed headfirst, tackling the cage and grabbing his jacket. He pulled it off. She was gone. A wall of the cage fell away as Scott kicked it across the room and screamed. He ran to the door and yanked it open, looking out over the highway from his second-story room. The moon was bright, the stars shone by the millions. It was an unreal kind of sky, one Scott had never thought possible. It was beautiful and terrifying. A few cars drifted by along the road below, but the parking lot was dark, and so were most of the other windows from the other rooms. A few stood glowing with dim lamplight, but no shadows moved behind the blinds. She'd been taken. He ran back into the room and dressed himself in a drunken hurry. As he pulled on his boots and threw on his jacket, his wallet fell from an interior pocket and tumbled beneath the bed. In his panic, he didn't notice the wallet and instead just stuffed the weird book under his belt, felt for his gun, and grabbed his bag, running out the door and down the steps to his car. He fumbled for his keys and opened his door, starting the engine with a scream and peeling out toward the way he'd come, certain it'd been the man who'd robbed him. But as the signs all facing the other direction flew by, Scott started to sober up and catch his breath. And in a wave of gravel, he flipped the wheel and spun the car to a stop in the shoulder of the oncoming lane. He put the car in park and took a deep breath while staring at the moon. Suddenly, he felt like something was missing. He looked at his bag lying in the seat next to him. Then he felt in his jacket for his wallet, realizing it wasn't there. He felt a prick in his thigh and dug in his jeans, pulling out the strange keys the man had given him. He closed his eyes and thought about the girl's perfect skin. He swallowed hard. With a calm shift of gears, he turned the car around and headed back for the motel, realizing he'd forgotten the bag and cage, too. He shook his head, thinking of all the things he'd nearly left behind, nearly escaped from.